the yearbook sportscast where are those twins today if you are twin sisters who are in high school and you're going to prom yes you do wear one wears black and one wears white that is brilliant but that was now that was a few years ago actually this could be their last year of college or maybe they're already out of college they are geniuses I'm your host, Doug. I'm the opposite of that. Says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com. Lists have come to divide us. They have come to destroy us. Rankings or lists. They're supposed to tick us off. Any list of the top 100 songs or whatever, they're popular because they're supposed to start arguments. And we fall for it. They start some pretty good arguments. Well, last Saturday, on fourth down and long in overtime, So TCU, Texas Christian University, is facing elimination. They will lose the football game if they don't get the first down. TCU receiver Tavalence Hunt catches a ball near the end zone that's a little high and wide, and it looks like he's not going to come down in the end zone, which means he'll be out of bounds. The game will be over. Hunt is completely out of bounds, so he does sort of a – millisecond long handstand just a less than a blink of an eye handstand while hunt is in the air and securing the ball with one hand he puts his other hand down in the tcu end zone and that's the only part of hunt that's not out of bounds it would obviously be better if we could show you the clip but this is a podcast plus we'd be jailed but hunt was at first and in real time it looked like wow great catch but the dude was out of bounds He was originally ruled out of bounds, but then a uh, replay review clearly showed that it was a touchdown. I have never seen a player score a touchdown by putting his hand down in the end zone while every other body part is out of bounds. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened. I just haven't seen it. Yet that play was only number three. On that night's ESPN Sports Center Top 10. During the segment, even, both anchors were already agreeing with each other and arguing with whoever slotted the top 10 because they thought no play should have beaten that one. Rankings always start arguments. So although Hunt may well have the catch of the year, he wasn't even ranked number one on that day. Well, a recent women's pro soccer ranking was even worse. I love when uh, powerful talk shows or powerful shows, when the most highly rated radio shows or podcasts or TV shows say something like, we'd love to do an entire segment on steroids, sure, on the NHL or something, but people would fall asleep and the ratings would dive. If you're the number one rated most powerful podcast or most powerful talk show and you still can't talk about unpopular topics... When can you talk about unpopular topics? So, yes, we are talking about the largely unnoticed NWSL National Women's Soccer League. On October 24th, the league released its best 11. There are 11 players on a soccer team, so this is the best 11. It's an all-pro team, the best players at each position. So this uh, best 11 uh, was released, and this list normally would start a normal argument, like... Washington goalie Aubrey Bledsoe was named best goalie, but Sky Blue FC goaltender Kaylin Sheridan faced the same number of shots and made the same number of saves, exactly the same, while playing in five fewer games on a worse team, a team that plays in below average conditions and had two draft choices defect rather than play there. In our opinion, that makes Sheridan just as good, if not better, and there's the debate. But the NWSL's best 11 went way beyond that. 
the league had earlier released its separate official award nominees, including the five women it nominated for Most Valuable Player, MVP. Only one of those MVP candidates was named to the best 11. What? The league names its five best players. Then a week later, leaves four of them off of the All-Pro team. Two of the MVP candidates actually made the NWSL's second best 11, which isn't any better. But two others, Dabinia and Lynn Williams, didn't make any list. A week ago, those two were among the five best players in the whole league. And it didn't stop there. Five players were nominated for best defender in the whole league. Only two made the best 11. Two others were demoted to the second team. And in this category, it was North Carolina's Jalene Hinkle, who was the one completely left off the first and second teams. As for best goalie, Aubrey Bledsoe, who we just mentioned, did make the best 11, but Sky Blue Sheridan and Casey Murphy of Seattle, the other two league-sanctioned nominees for best goalie, didn't make any of the lists. Again, all of the spurned players are actual official finalists for best in the NWSL, and then they were nonsensically left off the separate official NWSL best 11 players, and the league went way beyond that. Probably the reason for all this is that the best 11 and the second best 11 are stocked with players from the U.S. World Cup team. All those players are among the best in the world, for sure. And some of them deserve to be all NWSL. But Megan Rapino, who made the second best 11, didn't even play in the league until there were only five weeks left in the season. Lindsey Horan, who made the first team, had just a single goal. First teamer Rose Lavelle played in only six games and scored one goal. Uh, second teamer Kelly O'Hara only played in four games. Second best 11 goalie Alyssa Nair. She wasn't even considered top three material by the league a week earlier after the season was already over. Now, some say this list blew up the NWSL's credibility, but considering probably not many were paying attention, I'm guessing the public is pretty much unaware anything happened, but the NWSL does have to act professionally. And great move, offending uh, your most talented players. Would any of them leave the league over this? There certainly has been fallout. The best 11 is picked by a combination of the media, fans, coaches, and executives, and players. But we can't blame anyone because we don't know who voted for who. But the problem is apparently not the players. Days before the best 11 was announced, the NWSL Players Union released who the players voted for, and they got it right. Aforementioned best 11 and second best 11 snubs Dabinia, Williams, and Hinkle all made the players' team of the year. Many of the World Cup stars, who the NWSL's best 11 accidentally vilified, publicly sided with the players who got shafted. And Rose Lavelle's own mother says she didn't even vote for her daughter for the best 11. Uh, this podcast, we already gave you the, it's for uh, nurses and flight attendants, is available wherever podcasts are available. Thank you very much for listening. And again, definitely contact us if you need to or want to. Says in the yearbook at hotmail.com. Says in the yearbook is the uh, whole entire name of the uh, podcast, the full name of the podcast. Uh, from time to time, it just comes out. I just think about the Dremel Moto tool from time to time. It's just one of those things. It just comes up. And then out of nowhere, this woman I was standing next to just brought it up. She's the first person any of us on this program have met who has used the Dremel Moto tool in casual conversation. 
Should we now marry? Is it fate? Oh, Dremel Moto Tool, you're good for so many things, including analogies. Don't ask. Are you still around? Do people like you? Uh, here's looking at you, college football play-by-play guy Tim Brando. Did people like the Dremel Moto Tool? We did. Uh, Tim Brando has become a really cool voice of reason. Uh, during a critical moment on a Fox college football game last Saturday, one of the players on the field was laughing. And Brando, thankfully, mentioned that you cannot gauge how a player is feeling or what he's thinking by his immediate on-camera reaction on the field. Brando added, in so many words, that too many people judge players solely by their immediate reactions, like all players in tough situations should react the exact same way, with their heads down and tears in their eyes. And all coaches should always be yelling and screaming and arguing and jumping around. Tim Brando is right. We all do read too much into what the camera catches. That's the podcast. Actually, I got that backwards. What I meant to say was, you call that a podcast... (laughs) 